We're going to look at God's word of encouragement for, in your notes, difficulty. Encouragement for difficulties. We look at Abraham then, and the test that he went through. Now there's this cartoon where a believer is praying to God. In the cartoon, he is stating very clear, Dear God, I never asked for much, but could you just give me one thing? Please grant me dignity. Dignity is all I ask for. Then the next frame from pictures in the cartoons shows a huge zap of lightning bolt. And the character is standing there frazzled, burnt, and his underwear showing. He's saying, this is a test, isn't it, Lord? This is a test. How many of you have felt that way? Life is a series of tests. <clears throat> James says that problems that we have simply are tests. So look at James 1, verse 2 and 3 and verse 12. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. God will test you in four areas just like he tested Abraham. I have learned that being a student for 12 years to get your graduate from high school, nine more years to become a pastor, that it's good to prepare for all your tests. How many of you would agree with that? Preparation is important. It's helpful to prepare. In fact, the tests that I really like best are the tests where the teacher gives you the questions in advance. I like those kinds. It's kind of like the open book tests. I learn more that way. But the fact of life, some teachers are just downright mean. They like to trick you. They surprise you with questions on the test you never heard of. They put you into utter panic with their tests. But God is never like that. God actually wants you to pass every test in life. In fact, God wants you to pass so much that he tells you in advance the ways that you're going to be tested. You can count on it. You will be tested like Abraham in these four ways in life. So God wants you to pass, though. So he tells you in advance. But one thing about God's tests is that you don't know the timing. God specializes in pop quizzes. And some of you are actually going through a test right now. You may not even know that it's one of God's tests. So today, we want to look at Abraham and the four tests that he went through. And you know it's test number one. The first test in life is major change. A major change. Look at Hebrews 11 verse 8. By faith Abraham, when called to go, he obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So God asked Abraham to pick up everything that he had, move to another place. And Abraham asked, where? And you notice this is the where question. The first test is where. God said, I'll tell you later. How do I know when I get there? I'll let you know. Would you follow God like Abraham did? Abraham was an older man, you know. In your notes at age 75, Abraham was ready in your notes to retire. Abraham was ready to retire, but God said, aspire. When Abraham was ready for social security, God said, you're ready for social insecurity. When Abraham was ready to sit back and take it easy, 
God says you're ready for a bigger adventure, the biggest adventure of your life. Aspire. In fact, Abraham, he was very wealthy. They didn't have beacon movers in those days. He had sheep and camels and goats and servants. He was a very rich man. It was in the city of Ur in Mesopotamia. How would you like to live in a city of Ur? God asked Abraham to move. Abraham picked up everything. He followed God. So the first lesson of a believer in your notes, a believer will follow God's leading without knowing where. The first lesson is that a believer will follow God's leading without knowing where. Some of you are asking that where question right now. Like, Lord, where do you want me to work? Or, Lord, where do you want me to live? Where do you want me to retire? Where do you want me to go to school? Where do you want my kids or grandkids to go to school? The where question. It's a major change coming for you. It's a test. God says, start moving. I'll direct you. You must follow God's leading without knowing always where. Test number two. And you notice the second test in the life of Abraham is a delayed promise. A delayed promise. Looking at Hebrews 11 verses 9 and 10. By faith he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with him of the promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. There is a word that is used twice in those verses. It's the word promise. Circle those words, promise. A delayed promise causes us to ask that next thing you know. The when question. Lord, not only where, but when. Promise is often an important word in the vocabulary of our faith. The question that always accompanies a promise is when. God said, I'm going to give you the promised land. Abraham wanted to know when. God wanted to base base your life in your notes. If you get nothing else today, get this. God wants you to base your life in your notes on promises, not on explanations. Promises, not explanations. God gave his promise, but then there was a delay. In fact, Abraham waited all of his life, all of Isaac's life, and also Jacob's life. Three generations, and they were still living in tents. Living in tents is living in a temporary way. They could not even settle down. How would you like to live in tents for three generations? Can you imagine Sarah? Sarah saying, Abraham, when are we going to get a real house? Sarah said intently. I've waited for a long time just to share that. Most people can handle a test in life. If you see out there, there's an end. But the hardest kinds of tests are the ones in life that you don't know if they're ever going to come true. That's a difficult, a delayed promise. Here's the lesson in your notes. A believer will wait for God's timing without knowing when. And Abraham never gave up. A believer will wait for God's timing without knowing when. And some of you are also going through the when test right now. When are things going to get better in my marriage, you're asking, Lord? When am I going to get married? When am I going to have that baby? When am I going to get well? When are you going to solve my problems? When are you going to answer my prayers? Second question. What are you waiting for? Well, God wants you to put up the sign. This is a test. You know, Moses waited 80 years 
Noah? Noah waited 120 years. Abraham? He waited his whole lifetime. So God gives believers today a waiting test. Number one was a major change. Number two, a delayed promise. Test number three, the third test on the back of your notes, is an impossible problem. Yeah, an impossible problem. Look at Hebrews 11, verses 11 and 12. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age, and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered God as faithful, who had made that promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, as countless as the sand on the seashore. You know the whole story of Abraham? Abraham is 99 years old now. He still has no children. God says that Abraham was to be the father of a great nation. In fact, Abraham had already changed his name. God had changed Abraham's name from Abraham, or from Abram to Abraham. So when you notice Abraham means father of many nations. Boy, how embarrassing that would be. What's your name? My name is father of many nations. Well, how many kids do you have? None. How old are you? Ninety-nine. Right. See, it was physically impossible for Abraham and Sarah to have children. Impossible problem. When God told them that they were going to have children, you remember how they laughed? They even named their first child Isaac, which means laughter. This kid's a joke. How can this ever happen? So in your notes, this is the how question. An impossible problem is when you wonder how. How are you going to do it, Lord? This is the lesson in your notes. A believer, a believer will expect a miracle, yes, without knowing how. A believer will expect a miracle without knowing how. Some of you are discouraged. You're, you're down in life. You're worried. And you're saying, I just don't know how. How am I going to make ends meet this month? God, how am I going to put my kids through college? How are you going to heal me, God? How am I going to continue to do more and more ministry in my church? I'm too busy already. A test in life. Just, just, just like Abraham. How are you going to change my husband? How are you going to save my marriage? How are you ever going to get through this, my child? This is the test for a believer. A real believer will expect a miracle. Yes, without knowing how. Test number one, the major change. Test number two, a delayed promise. Test three, an impossible problem. There's one more test. Test number four. The fourth test is the greatest test for Abraham. In fact, it's the ultimate test. It will certainly come into your life as well. It came into Abraham's life. The ultimate test in your notes is a senseless tragedy. A senseless tragedy. Abraham faced it. God asked Abraham to sacrifice his own son. Look at Hebrews eleven seventeen and 18. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, circle that word tested, it was a test. He offered Isaac as a sacrifice, even though God has said to him, it's through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. This is not the where question, not the when question, not the how question, but in your notes, this is the why, the why question. Why is this happening? This is the test that causes us also to ask why. A lot in life in this world does not make sense. So much in the world is just not fair. But who said the things in this world were going to be fair? That's why the Bible talks about a heaven and a hell. Because God 
is fair. And there's one day that God's going to settle the score because God is fair. A senseless tragedy. More people question this command to Abraham to sacrifice his own son than anything else in the Bible. This was a test for Abraham. And in your notes, this was a test of Abraham's commitment. Actually, his commitment. How committed to God was really Abraham. It's a test of how his commitment didn't make sense. It was a tragedy. All Abraham knew was that God said, kill your son, your only son. It just didn't make sense. But it was a test. There was another sacrifice that didn't make sense either. God loved this world so much. He sacrificed his son, his only son, Jesus, on a cross. It was a senseless tragedy. It didn't make sense. But God was committed. And through that sacrifice on the cross, takes away the sins of the whole world. We receive a passing grade, those who believe in Jesus. Jesus' sacrifice offers forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life. Now, how could Abraham ever obey God? Well, look at Hebrews 11, verse 19. It was by faith, Abraham reasoned, that God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Abraham reasoned, and Almighty God, who could give me a son when I was dead, when Sarah was dead, then this God can raise him from the dead also. This was Abraham's total commitment to God. The gospel, the gospel reasons in your notes. Also that God raised the dead through the suffering, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. The gospel reason that God can raise the dead. Give them eternal life in heaven through their faith in Jesus. But here's the point of Abraham's life. This is the lesson in your notes. A believer will trust God's purpose. A believer will trust God's purpose not knowing, without knowing why. Because God is God, and he has a higher purpose and a greater reason than we do. A believer will trust God's purpose without always knowing the why. God is the shaper. God is the molder of our lives. God is not finished working with us yet. Even in the contradictions of life, we trust God's purpose. Some of you are going through that why test in life. God, why? Why did I get fired? God, why did you let me, my spouse, have an affair? Why did my kid run off and get involved in drugs? Why am I going bankrupt? Why? God, why did I have that miscarriage? Why did my parent die? Or why did my spouse die? A senseless tragedy. So in conclusion, there is nothing wrong with asking those questions. Abraham must have asked these questions, the where question, the when question, the how question, the why questions. But the issue is how do you respond? How do you respond when you are going through a test? How do you respond to the where, the why, the when, the how? How do you respond? And you notice number one, a believer in times of major change will follow God's leading without knowing the answer to where. Follow God's leading. Number two, a believer, when there's a delayed promise, will wait. Will wait for God's timing without knowing when the promise will be fulfilled. Number three, a believer with an impossible problem will expect, yes, will expect a miracle without knowing how. And number four, a believer in times of senseless tragedy will continue to trust God's purpose, God's character and his love when he doesn't know why. This is a test. You know, the key to acing a human test 
usually is knowing all the answers. You study, you learn all the answers, you pass. But in God's test, the way that you ace God's test is you simply keep on believing. You keep on trusting even when you don't have all the answers. You don't know where, you don't know how, and you don't know why it's happening. But you keep on believing. You keep on trusting. So please read with me the words of Mark 9, verse 24, from your notes together out loud. Lord, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. Amen.